Blog Talk Radio. to welcome you all back again this week. Um, it's a beautiful, sunny day here in the Pacific Northwest, although we welcome all the seasons here, or all the ways that this time of year expresses itself, whether through rain or through sunshine, and perhaps that's very appropriate leading into what our topic will be today. I have in a moment on the line um, Reverend Christine Green will be coming on the show here in just a second, and we are going to be talking about navigating through change, and we're really going to flow with this topic, as I know Christine can really assist all of us with this very important topic that touches us all. Christine is the author of Authentic Spirituality, A Woman's Guide to Living an Authentic Life. She has also written Anatomy of Caring, Insights on Faith from a Caregiver and a Patient and an Associated Caregiver's Journal. Christine has been in many roles, really, as a compassionate way-shower, is how I would characterize Christine. Um, She has worked in the New Thought community for many, many years in California, and Oregon in leadership roles and ministries there. She has a master's in religious studies. She also combines that with a background in business and education, and she has assisted many people as a grief counselor, and she did personally experience her husband transitioning, and so she's able to really work with empathy from the heart and share her story, which she does in her books as well. Um, She teaches often. She has several workshops that are ongoing at at all times. She's got some coming up, and and we'll be talking about that. And her website is sacredheartministries.net, and I am just so happy to welcome Reverend Christine Green back onto the program. Welcome back, Christine. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for your wonderful words. Oh, oh I'm so happy to have you here, Christine. I, I just feel that you're really helping people from the space of your own heart and your own journey, and that, you know, that's truly when we're doing our 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 true work in the world. And and I admire you for that. So so thank you for for being who you are. Uh, thank you. Now today, 
I feel like we will find ourselves flowing with the topic, basically, because I know that change comes to us in a great many ways. And, you know, I suppose if we reflect upon it, we're, we're almost always navigating through change in one way or another, but, you know, sometimes more dramatically than others. And, and the reason I have you on the show is, is both in our lives and and really reflecting even what's going on in the world right now and how that that can influence us as well. Um, how can you begin to approach what we can do to be empowered and mindful as we approach any kind of change ahead of us? Well, you are so correct, Susan, in that change is everywhere. The world is just shaking and moving and transitioning Mm -hmm. all the time. And it seems like time collapses and everything around us, companies change, how we do business changes, everything changes. That's never going to go away. What we can do is manage how we respond to change. And that's by being aware of what we are thinking and feeling. So yeah. the so the change happens. Somebody says, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do, we're going to do this differently," and we get a reaction like, "Oh, okay, I don't want you to do it differently." What? Why? Why do we think that? What is the fear? Mm-hmm. The first step in awareness and understanding and having a better grasp on life is to become mindful and mindful is just that awareness of that i here's how my i'm reacting what am i believing what am i thinking how can i see this differently yes so that we're not we're not coming from a place of feeling like a victim but we're coming from a place of feeling more empowered and that in Authentic Spirituality, that was the first chapter, that is the first chapter of my book. And it, and uh-huh. when I was writing, it was the first place we have to start is becoming the observer. That yeah. when we are mindful about what we are thinking, what we are saying, what we are feeling, and emotions play a big part of that, that if we can be aware of that, then we can take action. Okay, I'm afraid that you are going to make this change, and here's why I'm afraid. And it's usually something that happened years and years ago that we're afraid it's going to happen all over again. Yes, yes. You know, something I find when I'm facing some kind of a change or certainly anything that makes me feel frightened is, it seems to come up in the night, and I know many people will will relate to this, is that, that you know, you wake up in the night, um, and there it is, and your mind tends to not be settled, um, or at least that can be my experience. And, and And I wonder if you can assist people who are, are waking up in the night and thinking about, and, and you tend to like go through options like, oh, you know, maybe I can do this or maybe I can do that. And it doesn't feel um, settled. And, and so, so what do you recommend to people? You know, the classic, you know, it's keeping me up at night thinking about some sort of a change. I'm so glad you asked that. Everybody <laughs> suffers from that. It's, I know. it's not you. It's not me. Everyone suffers from that <laughs> and keeps us up at night. It's the reason why we're so so sleepless. This is a sleepless society. Uh-huh. 
part of it is the story, think of it as the story we're telling ourselves. And so when we wake up and we start worrying about the project that we're working on the next day or yes. w- what what we're going to be doing, that we be- begin to weave a story. Yes. And as we tell ourselves that story, we're telling a story that isn't very fun mm-hmm. and is kind of scary. And, yes. you know, my fondest memory is of when I was when I was a child that my dad would come in and um read stories to my sister and I before we went to bed. And I loved his imagination. Sometimes he made them up. Sometimes he read them. But I loved that. But what I realized in doing this work is we're making up stories all the time. But we're making up not such nice ones with happy Uh endings. (laughs) Our stories are about fear, about pain. We're making up stories about what we're afraid will happen. And technique we can use is when we are aware that we are doing that is to say okay i can make up this story but what is the story that i want what what do i want to have happen Mm -hmm. somehow we think if we think of all the bad things we're going to stop them no we're just going to create more stress in our lives what we want to do is identify and and i really talk about this with when i teach financial classes because we this is what we do with money we're telling all these stories about money we're either telling stories about the fear of the future or we're telling stories about well back in 87 you know i had a bankruptcy and i lost my house and i did this and Mm -hmm. i did that that was a long time ago (laughs) yeah it's not relevant (laughs) anymore but that still lives in us Uh uh-huh You know, here's a question for you that just came to me as you were saying this, because I was thinking how I've experienced both sometimes, where sometimes I'll spontaneously flow into a story that, you know, is is a really, really good one. And some people will say, oh, you know, standing outside of this, sometimes we'll have um, realists, and maybe even the realists inside our heads. Let's not even talk about people outside of us, because we all have voices that speak to us from our past and from ourselves. Exactly. That say, oh, come on. You're just fantasizing. You're just, um, you know, that's just a wild, a wild fantasy, and and or wild emotion, or or whatever. You know, you're you're just maybe maybe you think about um, whatever success you might have or anything in life, and and I actually have had people in my life say to me, you know, there's just no way, you know, that's even possible to stop thinking about it. And yet the funny thing is. Some of those things have actually come true, you know, those those unimaginable things. And so, so I guess to make a long question short is, is it harmful to us to tell a story that's that's really amazing, you know, that, that or is that exactly what we're supposed to be doing? Well, when you say that, it, do you mean telling a story, making up stuff about your life or no, like just projecting into the future. I mean, we all oh. do it as children. I mean, let's talk about what we do naturally as children. You know, we imagine ourselves. I mean, okay, I'm not talking about something like way out there, like I'm going to be a princess in a far-off land, you know, that kind of, although I'm sure those kinds of stories are really good for kids. I'm talking about just, you know, or I could, 
I could imagine. In fact, I'll even go down a scenario for you. I've imagined sometimes being a radio host, you know, on some big station. And then the funny thing is, is I'll see it in this, this great way, and then I start to think, well, what would that really be like? And so maybe this is part of the process. And then I think about the things that maybe, well, you know, would that really be compatible with me? And so it's like I try it on for size. And then there's some things, you know, you imagine that it's just like, wow, that would be really cool. And so so I guess these are not totally unrealistic things, but you're still imagining um, things for yourself. And they don't even have to be ego things. Maybe they're a very simple thing like, oh, I want to – you know, be in this beautiful, simple little cottage in the country or something, you know, it doesn't have to involve riches and ego or any of that. It can just be something very simple, too. So, I, 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 again, how do we envision? I think that's what I'm asking you. How do we mindfully envision good things for ourselves? Well, I, I gosh, there's all these ideas right now. One <laughs> of the things is um we're talking about let's let's look at first when when we're uh, um wake up in the middle of the night and we have this story we can tell mm-hmm. ourselves a new story or just bring calmness to it sometimes yeah. we can't even imagine what we want as an outcome but we can visualize just peace go to a place uh-huh. of um instead of thinking about the unfinished project or the doctor's appointment or something is go to a place of peace and uh-huh. find have an image that brings you a lot of peace so that will calm you down um so what you're talking about is that we visualize well here's the thing the olympic athletes all visualize yes. what they want yes. i love to watch uh, Olympic downhill skiing, and I've listened to them being interviewed. And what they do is that they look at the course, they get to go down the course, and then they visualize it in their mind. They visualize yeah. every turn. They visualize where the hard parts are and how to how to smooth over those, where the easy parts are. So visualization is a very important part. The conflict comes in, and the conflict is attachment. That Uh when we talk about something that we want, and we, this is the only thing we want, and we don't want anything else, and that life is going to be terrible if we don't have it, we're really attached. And that's when we have pain, because we don't give ourselves any leeway. So if you yeah. visualize, yeah. well, I want to have this big mansion on the on the the coast, and uh-huh. I'm going to have this big mansion with all these rooms. And uh-huh. if it's outside of your realm, then you're going then you're going to get you're going to sabotage yourself that yeah. you can't even you can't even think about having it. But that. For you to to be able to visualize that, and that's look underneath that. What is it that you want? Let me use an example because it's hard to talk about hypotheticals. I was teaching a class once, and um, one of the students said that she wanted a million dollars, and I said, "Okay, what are you going to do with it?" 
it helps if we know why we want a million dollars. She says, well, um, my son is two years old, and I don't get any time with him. I'm working all day long, and he's at daycare. And when I get home, I just don't have any time with him. So I decided I want to have a daycare center. And if I have a daycare center, then I'm going to be able to spend time with him. And I said, well, so that's why she wanted the million dollars. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. let's think about that. There's a lot of work that goes into having a daycare center that you have to think about licensing, about hiring, about all the rules and regulations. Then you have to market it, and then you find a building. All these things that you would have to do would take way more time. The bottom line of what you're saying is you want more time with your son. So begin to visualize and affirm that, yes, I know that I can find more time with my son. And as you visualize that and see that, it makes it more real. Do do you see the difference? Yes, yes. You found the core core desire is what you did. Exactly. She didn't really want a million dollars necessarily. She just wanted that thing at the center, which was a very heart-based thing. And and that's very cool. Um, you know, I think... And that's what... That's it. That's mm-hmm. when, I, when I teach, we, we call that finding your word of purpose. And it's uh-huh. a high-quality word um, or word of God, word of purpose yeah. or word of God. And that's yeah. like peace, love, joy, beauty, wisdom. Find the word that that is underneath why you want the thing, and then focus on that. Put your attention on that. Well, what I want, and for her, what she wanted was freedom. She wanted freedom. Oh, wow, freedom. that's the word I was thinking about. You, you just yes. read my mind. <laughs> yes. I was thinking the word freedom, that a lot of us want that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That was it. So that's the, word, that's the word you stay with. And yeah. Allow that to live in you, to find a place in you. And then what's amazing, the more you affirm that, the more you claim that for yourself, the universe will find a way for you to have that. Yes. Oh, I love how this is unfolding because as I'm, you're, you're teaching me as you go, Christine. Oh, gosh, many of my guests do this, I swear. There's, you guys are so, so filled with, with helpful insights because what I'm thinking is that I sense that what we tend to do when we start to think about the things that maybe we want, like if I were to think about, you know, being some radio host somewhere, having a regular show all the time, my next question, which I think you would ask as a teacher is, okay, say my goal is freedom because I love, you know, being able to have the freedom to walk and to 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 have a, a, a somewhat unstructured life, even though I do get things accomplished. Um do you then map to the word? It's like, okay, I think that maybe I want this thing. You know, I can imagine this thing, and maybe it's a thing of the ego. Maybe it's not consistent. How does it map to my word that that is what is truly me? And then pretty soon you see, huh, you know, just like your friend, maybe maybe I really don't want that thing because that would actually take away freedom. If this woman had a daycare center, I mean, the first thing many of us would think of, I know I would think of, is, wow, 
you know, that's a huge responsibility, and there's not much freedom in that. I mean, because, you know, you're really, um, it's a a huge job. And like you said, you have the licensing and all that stuff, but at the core um, was freedom. So what could she do that was the most consistent and still have a life, you know, because you have to do certain things in this world? So the question we ask, and I would ask you, is why do you want the radio show? So then you have an opportunity to stop and think, what is it about the radio show that that you want? Right. And maybe there's something there that you want that is that is a quality that you could get anywhere, and you wouldn't have to be on an eight to eight to to five or consistent where you have to show up every day. That it would it's something else that you want. And, and you know, if if I were to say, why do I want a radio show? I mean, it makes my heart sing. I mean, I I heard that term somewhere not too long ago, and that's a beautiful way of putting it. Is that I love it. I love having these conversations, and and I love, you know, really helping people. You know, it just it doesn't matter how many people really. I mean, whoever it it can help, and and I love that, and so. You know, maybe the question then becomes, you know, I'm burdening an envisioned future with assumptions about what it would be. You know, and I actually I already have one right here. You know, I'm doing it right now. And I had a, I do have freedom around it quite a bit. And so, but there could be more. You know, and I sense that. And so the thing is, is you're helping me, and this is very helpful to anyone else with any kind of a dream. Is um, you know, how can you create it in a way where you can also be free? Because you know that you love it. I mean, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't need to be doing this. You know, it's not like I'm I'm not getting paid to do this. I mean, it's it's a gift from my heart. I mean, there's some, some advertising stuff that comes up. But, I mean, it's not like it's my job. Um, and, and it's not, it's just I love to do it. And so so I guess that's part of it is is seeing what it is that you love. Um that one So Yeah, go ahead. So what you're what you're saying because you, you you're right. I was gonna say that next. You already have a radio show. <laughs> yeah, what is it that yeah. you want? Well, what I'm hearing is you wanna be paid to have a radio show. You know or or I think to that- it would yes, I would like to bring in I, I mean I might rephrase that a little bit. I, I would like the the show this work to be sustaining in that way so that, you know, I'm doing what I love. You know, the the classic, you know, do what there was a movie or a movie, probably a movie, a book some time ago, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. And and I know that you teach us about abundance and and you know there there are other things i I really love to do too, and I have found that when I'm really in the flow of it, some of my work, I really feel it when i when I'm not, I really feel that too, so it doesn't mean radio is the only thing I'm called to do but um but yeah, I mean, I think that that being able to be in a space of abundance without without sabotaging what the show is. That's important, too. I love the freedom of the show. It's very free. You know, I don't, like, tell people, oh, you have to purchase a package, or, and, and you know, um, that's great for those who have that. I'm not criticizing. It's just for me, it doesn't really 
work for me because I know, you know, I really want it to be have open doors. So however it supports itself has to be that way. So so yeah. Anyway, well, we're here's getting into a first, lot of detail here, but but yeah, yeah. It's a, it's here's a good the first example step. for anything. We, we don't have to analyze your whole thing. Here's exactly. the first step. Exactly. Here's, it's that how it happens and here's the thing that I tell my clients, how it happens is none of your business. Uh-huh. So that when you start thinking about, well, I want this, but I don't want this, and I don't want this to happen, you start figuring it out. That part is none of your business. When you right. want something, allow yourself to, to want it with the purity of your heart, and the rest will be revealed. But the very first thing that can help, because you are already doing what you love. Yeah. And yeah. that is is gratitude. Gratitude for I'm grateful for right here mm-hmm. today, right mm-hmm. where I am, I'm doing the thing I love the most. I love yeah. talking with people. I love sharing about yeah. how to live a better life. I love... I love getting the word out. It's all these things. You are already doing it. And to feel yourself, and I I know you, so I already know that you (laughs) do this, but just for the example, for us to be grateful for wherever we are and whatever it is that we do have, that can shift for us. That can change, change for us and allows that feeling to grow. And that's what we want. And then as you wake up every day and you say, wow, I love what I'm doing. Yes. Then then you create more and you're open and receptive to the creative flow of the universe. Yes. So yes. more good will come your way. You know what's so funny, Christine, as you were saying that my eyes teared up because not only did I feel thankful, I even felt thankful for doing it. Truthfully, somewhat perfectly imperfectly. I mean, if I say it that way, because you know, just letting it flow. You know, I don't need to judge it. And when I saw that, because there are ways of doing this where you would judge it, you know, that would feel more difficult. Whereas what I love about it, and this I I want to be broadly applicable, not be just specific to me, is that I can flow with it. I can kind of play with it. I can, yeah, we kind of flowed into a you know, a certain place, and then we, we moved it around, and we just kind of flow. And and I love the freedom of that. It's very free. There's nobody telling me, oh, you know, you have to do it this way. You know, it just flows, and, and somehow it just works. You know, how in the world? It doesn't matter. It just does, and it's it's the heart. And so I felt thankful for that and and I know there are people out there doing something that they love like maybe it's it's writing or art or or playing the piano or something that you know you're just playing with it you don't have to do it a certain way right it's fun right it's fun <laughs> and so th- so we know that you love what you're doing and that you brings you great joy and you're very grateful. So yes. this goes to every part of your life that we know that in every part of your life. So what uh, what an area that you might look into later and this is an issue for everyone is what what the woman with wanting a million dollars what she wanted was freedom and love. 
And what you want is freedom. What's behind that is financially. And so we we are afraid to, either afraid to look at it or we feel helpless or we feel overwhelmed by it. And it's to to begin to see, to begin to visualize, well, what is it that I want? And so to know what you want in your life so that the good can come in, so that you can begin to receive it. So, yes. so money, we don't want to look at it, but we have to know. And so you... So what I do with my clients is they have to do a spending plan. They look at all of their expenses and what and what they want and what their income is. And then you can begin to visualize, okay, I need X number of dollars this month to live on. So yeah. I'm I'm going to see myself getting that. And uh-huh. a lot of us don't want to do that. It's the it's the um like an ostrich that puts its head in the sand, that when it comes time to money, to talk about money, we just put our heads in the sand. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to look at it. People uh-huh. don't um, balance their checkbooks. They um, don't have a financial person that they work with. All these things that they're afraid to do, that they're afraid to look at. And the first step, in the first principle in healing is knowledge that we have to know where we're at in order to move forward. Yeah. So I know we weren't planning on talking about money. Well, we but, flow into everything. <laughs> yes, yes. But money is a big part of that. And so what is it that I want and what is it that I can begin to see myself have and begin to receive? And a lot of it is about being willing being willing to see and in in authentic spirituality i have seven steps of being willing on the chapter about money my the chapter yeah. is money talks but are you listening because money is talking to us all the time our money is telling us what we are believing and what we are feeling but are we listening so i have seven steps of being willing of what are you willing to do about your money and look at with money so that you can begin to move forward and begin to change what it is that you want yeah you know I, I'm probably, you know, the poster child for not wanting to to focus on money. It's true. And I know many of us are that way. And sometimes I think in the spiritual community, some of us are just way too far ahead. And we just we think we're going to live in a cashless society. And we focus on living in a cashless society. And so, you know, then we're we, – we live in a cashless society sometimes and and but we're not quite to that that point and and so i think um part of what you're saying to all of us and and also to that woman originally who thought she wanted a daycare center but really wanted to be with her child is we want to be sustained in our freedom is that i think that someone like me who used to work in the corporate world knows what it's like, and and there was joy there. I'm not saying there wasn't. I had some good things that happened, but we associate, here's a key one, and this is important, we associate bringing in money with sacrificing our freedom. We have paired those two together instead of enabling our freedom, and I think that it can 
cause us to sacrifice our freedom completely. And what we really seek, and many of us seek, is a way to be supported. Um, You know, we may not need a million dollars. We have to think about what do I need, whatever that is, and be free to do what we love. Those two paired together, because then you can live in the world and and do what you love. Right. Um, We have to create a foundation for to be able to receive and creating a foundation we create a foundation in how we think and uh, and create a foundation for money so yeah. that in order to receive more we have to have balance in what we have we have to know what it is that we have the more we know the more we can receive so then when money comes in we know exactly where it goes and exactly what we want to do with it the yeah. the everyone talks about um people that win the lottery if they win the lottery and they didn't have a lot of money then the money is gone very quickly and a lot of celebrities in hollywood you hear it all all the time on the news that they became successful overnight and they couldn't deal with it and they lost everything because we we need to create a foundation that is sensible for us, that works for us, that is uh, uh, showing us what we have, then when more comes in, we know what, what to do and where to go. The other thing I wanted to say is that that's what I was talking about in the beginning, about we often believe in the, have a belief from the past. And so the the what you said is what a large number of people do is we go to the past. Well, yeah. I did have a lot of money once, but I I worked for a company and I wasn't happy there. Well, yeah. there's probably a million reasons why you weren't happy. It w- didn't have anything to do with the money. So that and it's still believing that I the only way to get money is to go back and do that. When in actuality, think about it, we live in a world now more than ever where we have access to so many things instantaneously that all these people, people can create idea, they have an idea, they have a concept, they have a product, they have a service that we can get it out there more than ever before. And so it's... What we want is an idea of prosperity and abundance because it's not limited to money. Our prosperity comes to us not just by money, but ideas, opportunities, Joy. creative creative um, outlets, people. Yeah. Yeah. There's unlimited ways that our good can come to us. And as yeah. we're open and receptive to that, more can be revealed. Yes. You know, here's another way of looking at it, too, that I want people to think about, because um, it wasn't that I was particularly unhappy. Actually, I got quite a bit of satisfaction from that. It's that as we go through life, Christine, we expand. And so now it's like you, you come to know a different level of living, and it doesn't fit into that box anymore. And that's the box that you knew. Here's a really 
another question related to this is that you knew how to make money that way, right? You know, somehow we're just right. focused on money too. And that's okay because we have to support our dreams. That's important. We knew how to sit there, and but we don't fit in there, there anymore because we've changed. You know, this is about change and, and we're changing and we've changed. And so so we need to re-envision what it is that would work. And maybe for some people doing some kind of an adjustment of what they did in the past would work, you know, in some way, um, expand it. But um, what I feel you saying, you know, this is so important, how how we do make a lot of assumptions that tie us to our past and isn't part of it just knowing who we are. Like, I'm not that same person. You know, now I'm this person. I've already expanded and I'm continuing to expand. Where am I going as a person? And then then build our dreams around that. Right. That that whatever happened in the past is happened. And it doesn't mean that you have to go back to that. Right. That you don't right. have you to assume changed. you were unhappy. You may not have been unhappy. You changed. Right. That's, right. that's the point that I'm saying. You could have been happy even. But right. you might not be right. happy there now. That's what I'm trying right. to get. And finding who you are. That authenticity. Well, and the thing is, is that it's not limited by the past. Right. That our opportunities are unlimited. And we right. don't need to go back to the past. We can live in what's the possibility? What possibilities do I have? It's yeah. to be open and receptive. And you don't yeah. even know what could happen. You don't yeah. even know what the opportunities are but the most important thing is to get your thinking on straight and that's the that's the part about being mindful and about being an observer because if we can begin and so here's a quote from eric butterworth that's in my book there is only one way by which you can achieve prosperity it is to take charge of your mind You may be looking for some magic formula, some new metaphysical cliche that will change things. But if you want to change your life, you have to alter your thoughts. So we have to shift our thinking away from lack, away from fear, away from living in the past so that we are in the present we are open and receptive. We live in a space of gratitude. We begin to take charge and take responsibility for what it is we want. We heal any relationships that are in the way that are keeping us separate from love. Because here's the thing. Love is the bottom line. The more love you have in your life, the more joy you have, the more freedom that you have, the more peace you have. So what do I need to clean up so that I can clean up and live in this place of peace, in this place of love? Yes, yes, yes. That's the fundamental. And we lose sight of that because everything, there are all these little details that block it sometimes and and you're right i mean that's why we're here i mean love is right is is right. everything and, right you know being love and doing what you love and you know i another thing i would add is i i feel and i know that i feel you probably feel this way and a number of people i encounter these days and i feel it too is being of service has become important to us um, and, and maybe it was in different ways when we were younger, but um, 
I feel that more. Um, you know, it isn't even just simply being it. And there's trust involved. You know, you said it, Kristen. You don't always know. I mean, how in the world can you even imagine what can be out there? You don't know. I couldn't have imagined. You know, just once again, bring it back to the radio show very briefly. No way I could have imagined that. Not really. And yet it's here. And there are other things, you know, that, that can we just let the universe delight us? you know, amaze us if we open ourselves up to whatever there is. That's the difference between uh, attachment and expectancy. That when we're attached, that it has to look a certain way. That, that if you get in your mind, this is the only way that I can make a living or this is, or, it's, uh-huh. or I have to have this thing, then you've blocked off the flow. Because yeah. it, that once you tell the universe what you want, it comes from infinite possibilities. It doesn't have to come from one way, one place, one source. That the source is God or good or the presence or whatever you call the universal presence. It doesn't matter what name you call it. It's the it's the fact that there's a universal presence for good. Yeah. And our good is yeah. here. Our good is available to us. But what is the thing that's standing in the way? And yeah. it's our, our own thinking. And so when we're attached to something, we limit ourselves. But when we can be open, and that's why gratitude is so important, we can be open and receptive and look for all the possible, be open to the possibilities that come forward. Yes. Yes. We never know what they're going to be. That is, it is so true. And I I sense that, that people listening, if they can think about their lives and unexpected things that happen. And, you know, honestly, Sometimes I had something happen last year which was very challenging um, that I've talked about on this show before where a family member had a health issue, and you surely have had some pretty powerful experiences in that domain. So here's another question related to change is um, how do we – I found gifts. I'll tell you, I found gifts in my experience um, last year despite the challenge. I mean, thankfully we navigated through it. And you always do one way or another, no matter what the outcome would have been, but um, or you can, you have that opportunity. And so I guess the question then becomes, you know, even when something unexpected happens, Christine, how do we, you know, can you explore further how gratitude reveals that are hidden within it? Yes, an illness and caring for family members is can be very life-changing and it's unexpected and again it's that place where it's unexpected that we get afraid and we start imagining the worst case scenario and the thing is is that's why we do all this work first is to establish ourselves in peace to establish a center that we can move into to be able to find peace and one of the things that I found when Lawrence was sick is that I relied on friends for help, that I asked them to come, and people brought food, they brought um, treats that I could give to the hospital staff. They spent time with him at the hospital. We got rides to doctors. We just, you know, 
people were willing to step up. So to really establish a your village, so to speak, your group of friends and loved ones that you have in your life that you connect with. And uh, again, that's the way we expand out of love. Yeah. If you... If you feel like you don't have that, just be open to it and you'd be amazed what shows up. You'd be amazed by what mentioning to it something, even to an acquaintance, something good will will show up. Yes. And you're right about gratitude. It's I found gratitude in every little uh, opportunity um, for gratitude. talking with the doctor, for having insurance, for um, whatever it was. And, of course, my husband was pretty remarkable, and he, it didn't matter how sick he was, he told everybody that came into the room, thank you. Whether it was a doctor, whether it was the person who emptied the trash, whether somebody came to take blood, it's like that's the last thing we want to do is thank uh-huh. somebody. Oh, I he know, thanked, I know. He, he thanked everybody, and he that's how he lived his life, like that. So I learned a lot watching him, and but that's that's another thing is just being in the moment and being grateful and sometimes it's very very trying it's when he was very sick and we weren't sure what was happening it was very very trying and that's when i leaned on others because we can't do this journey alone so i was able to lean on others and friends and loved ones and family you know i have to say something is is my experience last year was rather imperfect in that way. And so I found myself at one point alone. Okay, I wasn't totally alone, but I was. It was a very significant point where where someone very dear to me had been rolled away to a very significant surgery. And I was alone in that moment. And in that moment, Christine, I had one of the most powerful moments of God that I've ever had. And it actually Mm. related back to the work that I'd done. And I was so thankful. I was so, and that was it. It was like I said it. I went to the restroom. It was so powerful. Um, I'm so thankful you're here. That was really it. That was the prayer. I am so thankful you are here. I'll cry just talking about it. I mean, it was so powerful. And, yeah, there were fam. I had a, people around. I wasn't totally alone. But in that moment, I didn't have, I hadn't drawn on my huge support network as I maybe could have, you know, or I didn't know it was there maybe, or I hadn't done all that perfectly. And yet that spiritual anchor was there and it helped me after that. Then I found the surgery went on a very long time. And so I was with other people who were waiting for surgery. And so I found myself, you know, we were helping each other. We were strangers together. There was one person from Russia and, and, you know, we were, we were helping each other. And yeah, I had family out and different. I mean, it wasn't totally being alone, but it was amazing how in that waiting room we were all helping each other and people were watching because we were waiting a very long time. And, you know, the longer you're waiting and the more even the nurses become more compassionate, like, you know, gosh, maybe we can find something. And then we found some things that weren't so good that were scary and, you know, but it, it worked. And so anyway, I'm getting into detail, but I know there are people out there like this that may find themselves you know, it really is important. Find that spiritual anchor. It helped me. 
it helped. Um, and that's what you're prepared. that's what you're saying is the most important thing is that we find that spiritual anchor. We find that yes. connection. What is our yes. connection with God? What is our connection yes. with love? And when you have that, you lean on that and it changes it changes life. It changes everything. It it does and it was thankfulness. It was pure thankfulness. And that had the power to change the entire experience. After that I was a bastion of strength. Or you know, we we have all this hidden strength. I mean, not always. I can't say every moment was perfect, but it surely helped. I mean, it really strengthened me. And yes, I like your advice, Christine, about calling on the resources that you have. And you know, I think that we're hesitant to do that sometimes. And and I think that's really important. Um and and that we have people in our lives that we can't call on and and or we can create those relationships i mean and i think that you know we we can prepare for whatever comes our way exactly it's it's building faith and the way we yeah. begin to build faith is what we started with at the beginning is mindfulness is becoming yeah. the observer what i'm thinking about and what my feelings are, the more mindful I can be, I can be aware. And the more awareness I have, I can make that connection back to love, back to God. Yes, 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 yes. Um, wow. Because we're not living in the, in the, in the, we're not living in fear, but we, we look in the moment. So I just want to um, share in, at the end of each chapter in my book, I have mm-hmm. a prayer. So this is like a prayer for joyful acceptance. Yeah. As I look out at the beauty around me, I recognize the creative power for all life that is God. I walk in peace, knowing that I am guided and directed along my spiritual journey. I accept patience courage and faith as my travel companions i approach this day with joy in my heart and peace in my mind knowing that wisdom guides my path and lights my way i am grateful god is gracious amen so it's finding where you can lean on your faith and be open and receptive to all the ways that that each of us is blessed that there are many opportunities that we just think, oh, well, that just happened, or that's just a coincidence. Well, it's that's that's when we are aware that's spirit in action. Yes, yes. What do you recommend, Christine, um, for helping people to to develop that awareness even more? You know, as a as as practices. You know, you you have prayers in your book. Clearly, prayer is a practice and it reaches across many spiritual paths. Um, is there anything else that, that you suggest that, that people do? We, we, it's so great you asked that. We talked about this at length in our class yesterday. And what it is is that as we do our spiritual practice, and practice can be prayer, meditation, journaling, reading, things that inspire us and move us, that those are things that help us establish our connection with God. And as we establish a connection with God, that's what brings us freedom. That's what brings us wisdom. That 
it doesn't it's not going to happen from the outside. I can't give you a spiritual life. What I yes. can do is share the tools, and that's what I do. My job is to share the tools, to share the principles, so that you can find a way that you want to make your connection with God. That's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line. And what church or hanging out with like-minded people, having friends that believe the same thing, listening to there's all kinds of radio shows like yours and different ones that are enlightening, um, it, but it's putting our focus on something greater than listening to the nervous inner critic in the back of the mind. That's the difference. Yes. 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 I know for me, getting out in nature is a way. Just simply getting out. I, I can get on the trail and start breathing immediately. I, it, my breathing changes within seconds. The minute I start I'm, walking I'm outside. with you. I love to be outdoors, and I love to be in nature, and that does it for me. And that yeah. is a very powerful practice as well. Because yeah. you, it's for you, I, I know your practice, and it's not just random walking, but that you are, are walking consciously. Yeah, yeah, and it's consistent, consciously and consistently, which I didn't used to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's taken, I actually had to to have some discipline at first, and sometimes I still will lose it, sometimes, and I know it when I do, when I don't do it, I, I feel it completely, it, it unsettles me. Um, but I will say this, I think that when you find something like that, I know that even someday I might be in a place where I can't really get out. You know, who knows? You know, we all get older someday. Who knows where you could be? And yet once you establish that relationship with nature, it's with you. I could walk that trail that I enjoy walking or the various places I like. Well, I could walk them, in quotes, anywhere. Just sitting right here, I could walk that path. And and start to breathe. Although honestly, exactly. getting out there is better. But someday I may need that. I may need that. Just knowing whatever that is, the magic of it is with me anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And the the more you do it, the more you can put yourself in. Again, there's another way of visualizing. You can visualize yeah. yourself there. So it's a very powerful. Practice. Yeah, and actually that brings us full circle to the question about what do you do when you wake up in the night? It's like the answer just came to me, you know, and I've even helped, you know, as a parent, we often help children who are up in the night or older kids, whatever, you know, why not walk the path in my head? <laughs> you know, just yes. start walking it. I'd be asleep yes. in no time. Yes. And feel it, yeah. and, and feel it. Imagine yeah. the, the breeze yeah. and the coolness of the forest. Yeah. And um, you know that all the, all the things that you normally see and listen to the birds, and you can do that in your in your thinking in your mind. Yes. Well, we have come to the end of the live program. What a beautiful time! I have so enjoyed this, Christine. And and you know, when it comes to thankfulness, thank you. Um, and I want to give you a chance to talk about what you have coming up because I know you've got workshops coming up and all kinds of interesting things. Well, first, thank you, Susan. It's always a joy to talk with you, and you do give such a wonderful gift with this show. So thank you so much for having me on today. Um, The 
in uh, on February 14, I will be in Salem, Oregon, at Woodland Chapel, and I will be f- uh, speaking at the Sunday service there. And I will be teaching a workshop afterward called "Living as Love" because it's Valentine's Day. I get yes. to be there on Valentine's Day. Perfect. I'm so excited. <laughs> and um, you can go to my website, RevChristine.com, and uh, get the details. So I'm that that day I'll be doing that. And then in March, I'll be doing a four-week workshop at the New Thought Center for Spirituality. And this will be on Monday nights on the topic of understanding our emotions. And it's very important. If we can understand our emotions, we can make a lot of changes in our lives. We can change a lot of those negative thoughts into something more more positive. Yes. Oh, yes. That that sounds like a really powerful, unique workshop. That's not one that is commonly that. That's a very unique topic, and and I think that would help a lot of people. So, it's um, wonderful. Um, yeah. We have a great time doing it. It's looking at emotions and seeing it in a whole new way and how can we manage them, understand them, manage them, and put life more into perspective. And yeah. uh, it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Christine, as the time is rapidly um, dwindling here, but um, I could I could spend several shows with you, and I know there will be more out in the future, and I will also update the website on the page, because I, I have multiple websites for you. I'll make sure we have RevChristine.com out there as well, and um, just, again, the deepest gratitude for, for being here today, and I look forward to future times. Oh, thank you so much, Susan. I know I send you much love and many blessings. Ah, well, thank you. All right. Well, take care. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, just real quick, um, before the live show goes down, um, the show will be back on the air on Thursday. We're falling into this consistent time now during the day. You'll see shows mostly at noon Pacific, occasional other times, but mostly noon Pacific. And sometimes at 7 p.m. Um, Pacific when we do a prime time special. But the next show, Dr. Linda Backman is coming back. It's been a while since she's been on the show. And we are going to be talking about um, just, you know, who are, why are you here now? Because she is a past life um, regression therapist. She's a licensed psychologist. And we're going to just talk about our soul's origins and and um, so we're really looking forward to that one. That will be coming up Thursday, February fourth, twenty sixteen. For those living in the future, those living in the future, yes, across time here, uh, she will be on this show at twelve p.m. Pacific. And then also, Linda and I will both be at the Conscious Life Expo coming up in just a few weeks. And there are now details on FrontierBeyondFear.com, the show page. So just go there, and you will find details about. Um, where my booth will be there and when I'm talking. I'm actually talking Saturday night at 7 p.m., February 20th. This is at the Hilton LAX in Los Angeles, and I'm going to be talking about multidimensional living, quite an adventurous topic, really exploring more in in my own way why we are here and, 
you know, how we can discover joy. And so that will that will be a, a really powerful time, and I enjoy it when people come by the booth just to say hello. So please do. So thank you, everyone. Thank you to the live audience. And we'll wrap up here just real quick in the in the podcast. And, yes, I kind of um, subconsciously welcomed you all across time in the future because I know you're here. I always feel you. I always say it almost always. I feel the energy of anyone listening to this show at any time. And I just want you to know that you've been here in the heart space with Reverend Christine and with myself today, that we are here with you present. And we're thankful for you when it comes to gratitude. And I hope you find things to be thankful for in your life. And I hope that you, too, um, find that path that is calling to you in a space of freedom and abundance. And, you know, we're all on a journey. We're all learning. And, you know, we can open ourselves up to the teaching and the resources and the wonderful relationships and friendships that are available to support us and to spirit the universe, God, like Christine said, no matter how you label it, most of all, because there is so much to be thankful for. So thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, if you feel led to support this show in any way, I always often forget to mention that, and since we talked about abundance today, I will go ahead and mention it. This is a listener-supported broadcast, and I do welcome your guests. There are maintenance costs associated with the show, and I very much welcome gifts of any kind if you felt feel so guided. And the way to do that is located on FrontierBeyondFear.com. So thanks again, everyone, for being here, and I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.